It is episode 11. Super excited to do this episode today. We have Yalissa, the co-founder of Upcomers, coming on the show. And um, next we're going to have on Amana World Peace. So super excited to just have some interesting conversations, get to learn a little bit more about what both of them are doing. And yeah, let's get right into it. I'm going to invite Yalissa into the... It's been a good week, yo. Hi guys. Hello. How you doing? Doing good. You? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, thank you for for coming on the show. I'm super excited to to just kind of do this episode and just have a have a pretty good conversation. But um, do you want to just kind of start by introducing yourself? Uh yeah. So uh, my name is Elisa Lopez. I am currently in my third year of college, and I run Upcomics. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so tell me, uh, when we hopped on the phone the first time, it was interesting. One thing that stood out was you were like, I'm really trying to start a movement. And, you know, one thing that has been cool ever since we met is like how passionate about everything you are that you're building. When, like, where did that come from? What what kind of started Upcomers? What started all of this? Yeah, so I think Upcomers definitely started after, or the idea came into my mind after the um, Black Lives Matter movement, I wanted to like create a community where we were reinvesting in our own communities. And I was just trying to find the best way to go about that. So Upcomers first started with just like wanting to be like a fashion page and like inspiring other people to like post their fits and that. But then I really started thinking about like, how can we expand? How can we grow from here? And I wanted to provide this community that like other brands could like grow from and like gain exposure and basically that was the way I found to like reinvest in my community by helping like creators, um, black creators specifically, like expand their outlets and be able to like grow their own businesses. Most definitely, most definitely. I definitely think that a big part of that is just like being a creator in the first place. You know, whether you're a fashion designer or graphic designer or photographer, like we all have abilities to kind of use that to to our skill set and and kind of just you know, use that to grow whatever brand that we're, we're trying to create. So tell me this, what, how has it been so far, like working with different creators, like from when you started Upcomers to now, like what have you learned most throughout this whole process? Honestly, I think what I've learned most is just how much passion goes into everyone's pieces. Like as I speak to more creators, you kind of only see like someone's brand off the surface, like when you look at their clothes, but when you start actually like asking them like, where did this come from? Why did you start this? And like where the idea came from, you really start to see that like there's so much passion and like motivation that come behind like all these brands and just like they're all, every story is like really unique and especially like how they curate their clothes. Like I know a lot of people who either like sew it by hand, they airbrush it and just like, it's very unique. It's very um, one of a kind. And I really like that about all the brands that I work with. Most definitely, most definitely. I think that's one of the best parts. And I think like I was asked the other day on a podcast, like, where do you see the future of fashion? And I was saying like in the hands of the younger creators, everyone that is, you know what I mean? Making those one-of-one -one pieces of those, those different pieces that we feel like we personally can connect with more than, you know, something shelled on a, on a bigger brand. For you, where do you kind of see fashion going? Uh, you know, obviously upcomers playing a role in the future of fashion, but like, where do you see kind of the future of fashion going? Yeah, I think right now the problem is like, or in my perspective, there's like two pro problems with fashion and it's either dominated by white creators or it's dominated by fast fashion. 
and I'm hoping that like especially like through upcomers and through fits and just movements like ours that we start bringing more space for like small clothing brands to reach into the surface and there's less of a push for fast fashion brands where like there's just a monopoly and like they produce all the clothes so I definitely want to break down those monopolies and like push for more small clothing brands and then also like push for more creators that are black owned that are running like um, businesses like Versace, Louis Vuitton that are considered at this high level and that aren't no longer just white creators that are managing it. Okay, okay. I definitely see where you're, I definitely see where you're coming from. And, you know, right now we're, we're obviously talking about fashion, but one thing about you that's super interesting is that, you know, you study physics. Um, tell me a little bit about that, like how you ended up getting into Columbia uh, and pursuing engineering as a, as a degree. Yeah, it was actually funny because I was on a trip last weekend and my friend also, she studies physics and we were talking about like what kind of like geared us to the major. And it was really just how like physics is more than just like a science, especially like compared to like biology and like chemistry. It's more like kind of like explains about how like the world works and just like kind of connects a lot with my own spirituality and like how I view the world and just understanding like there's so much more out there that like meets the eye is something that I've always been really interested in. And I feel like physics always just like pushed me to like always like see beyond what I think is like real. So that's definitely like what pushed me to the major. And then apart from that, I just had like really great physics teachers in my high school education. And like, I just decided that like, I want to be able to like have the tools to build whatever I want. And I feel like physics gives you that. That's super interesting because obviously we're both entrepreneurs and we're both working towards the same thing, yet I'm like in business school, you know what I mean, studying like management and entrepreneurship and you're coming from physics. How do you think like physics translates to how you like approach your work or how you approach, you know, even building something like a business? Yeah, for sure. I think one thing is about taking risks and creativity. like. In physics, you kind of just start every problem with just like, okay, so like, what if I just did this? And then from there, you're either gonna get a right answer or a wrong answer, but it's just about like making that initial risk of like, let me test this idea out, see where it goes. And if it doesn't work, like I can just try again. So I feel like that definitely is something that motivates me in my business. Just like, let me see how my customers respond to what I'm doing. And if it doesn't work, like scratch that, we can always start again. And then- That's a fact. Yeah. And then I actually forgot what I was going to say next, but. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, but yeah, no, for sure, 100%. It's, uh, we like to say like a business starts as like a scientific experiment, right? So like starts with the problem and it's like, okay, how, what is my hypothesis that I could solve this problem with? And then how can we test that with some form of prototype or some form of, you know what I mean, thing to validate whether what we said was true or not. Is that kind of what you did when you set out to build Upcomers Find, you know, some some prototype or find the quickest way to validate your idea? Yeah, for sure. Like our first prototype was the website, being able to just connect um, brands that way and like creating a community that way. And then we just started listening to like, what do these brands really need? And we're hoping that when Upcomers relaunch, we're going to really be able to provide those services now that we did get our prototype out the way. For sure, for sure. And so tell me this, as someone that is an entrepreneur running your own business, what, how do you kind of go about structuring your day? Like, how do you, you know, I mean, what do you, what different things do you do? Like, how do you kind of work? 
Uh, yeah. So one thing <laughs> that was actually something I was struggling a lot with last year. Um, I wasn't really good at like structuring my time and understanding like what time management really meant. Um, it really took a lot of like iteration of like finding out like what time do I work best by um, just well, the, what I started doing is just like literally everything I did, I would write it down. So like if it took me an hour to get ready, like I wrote that down. If it took me 15 minutes to like get to class, like I was just writing down every single thing I did. And then from there, I started like realizing, okay, like I waste a lot of time here. I'm most effective during these times of the day. And then that's how I just started to structure myself. And now I like, I already know like I'm a morning person. So I just try to like always wake up early, get everything out the way and then leave like nights to myself. But yeah, yeah, going through that process is something I would suggest anyone doing really. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, so tell me this, what, what's next? Like, what are you, what are you working on now? Um, maybe we can kind of tease the, the collection that, that we're coming out with, but um, yeah, what's next? Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> right now what's next is definitely um, upcomers and Fizz trying to build a partnership, trying to provide our brands, um, just more ways that we can help them more um, opportunities, events, and <laughs> talking about events. Um, Fitz and I, we're going to collaborate this upcoming October 15th for a live drop and October 9th for um, an online drop. Just so brands get an opportunity to really get out there. And right now we're just highlighting brands from like the East Coast area. So it's going to be really dope. I can't wait to like see what we come up with. No, I'm super excited. I know when, um, when Rob first mentioned like upcoming fits as a drop, I was like, that's, that's what's yeah. up. Like it's, I was super excited to kind of get into that. Um, but so tell me this, when it comes down to your business, you've been, you're about a year in, right? Yeah. Wow. So what do you have to say? One thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, since I'm like my last year in school is the parallels of building a business while being in college. And like, I had a more of a pessimistic view on it, uh, last semester where I was like, you can't do both at the same time. But um, what advice, and I feel like that's changed for me a little bit, at least, uh, in the way I approach things. I feel like I'm a little more hands-on and appreciative of school this semester around. But what advice, I guess, would you have for people starting businesses in college and how to kind of go about navigating, you know, those two two different things? Yeah, for sure. I think my first <laughs> advice is definitely learn how to time manage, figure out what works best with, best with your schedule what time do you work best at and like when do you want to work at your business because I feel like that's really important and then apart from that like if you're on a college campus there are so many resources for building a business like don't see yourself being at college as um, a disadvantage like you're like in a very particular place where you have so many people that you can connect with you have so many opportunities to get funding so many like avenues for you to be able to really push your business forward you just have to make sure you're looking out for that and utilizing them that's facts that's facts and i think that like one thing i enjoy is just like you're around so many different people and the best way to learn for me at least is learning from other people and so like being in college being surrounded by fashion designers being signed up by other you know startup founders and stuff like I just love kind of having those conversations and those connections and even mentors and professors in a way and just like just picking people's brains seeing how you know they approach things I definitely think kind of helps with with everything for sure yeah definitely agree so we got a couple of minutes before 
um, this, the next brand comes on. What do you think? I guess my, my question to you is, okay, I have a good one. Um, when I asked you the other day about, you obviously talked about physics, and I asked you about, like, what is your next, like, what do you think the next, like, piece of revolutionary technology coming out is? Obviously, I'm a big <laughs> advocate for cryptocurrency. Um, I'm super excited about everything that has to offer, but you uh, had a different answer, and you said quantum computing. And I think that's super interesting just because from, from the outside uh, looking in, like, we don't kind of hear a lot about quantum computing, maybe even in the mainstream, but can you kind of tell me about, like, why you said that and, and what is quantum computing in general? Yeah, for sure. So quantum computing is essentially a lot of companies are working on building this next quantum computer. It's not going to be like anything like it's not going to replace our old computers or phones or anything, but it's about to be like its own different entity. So we're about to enter like this whole idea of like the quantum age and a lot of companies such as like IBM, Google, Microsoft, Honeywell, they're all approaching the computer from like a different way. So like you'll hear talks about like superconducting qubits and like photonics and all these different areas of physics that like they're studying on like what's the most efficient way to build this computer because the computer is mainly supposed to solve optimization problems so like think about like scenarios that take have either like a lot of randomization or like include too many factors for like a regular computer to handle like the quantum computer can just like do all those kinds of problems very very quickly but it can't do like regular things quickly so like that's why the whole idea of like it replacing the computer is not is like a myth because you'll still like need your computer to go on Instagram or like <laughs> do whatever you want to do. So that part won't change at all. Like yeah. we'll still use we'll interact with things the same way. But what like what are some use cases do you think for a quantum computer that will like really revolutionize or like really make that that big of an impact? Yeah. So like I think like the biggest is probably the health um the health area. Just because like medicine is going to be so much easier to develop since we're able to simulate it, um, like interaction between mm -hmm. molecules. So like when two molecules interact, like there's a lot of things that go on and like a regular computer can't predict um, all those different scenarios, but a quantum computer can easily like handle those kinds of um, computation. And then the finance market is going to advance a lot just because like you know, when you have to like predict a lot of different markets and like trying to see like which stock is going to fall, which stock is going to rise, like all that's going to be replaced by quantum because like the quantum computer is going to be able to be more complicated and like um, create better predictions for the models. That makes sense. So essentially, like just to summarize everything you're saying, a quantum computer, the reason for it, like the reason why it's so cool is that it can do things. Essentially, it can calculate things so fast that like we couldn't right now, like get even close to the different scenarios that it's able to, to compute. It's faster and it's more than just like that it's fast. It's like, it's able to like approach, pro it's able to solve problems that have like a lot of different avenues. So okay. like, it can't solve like problems that are just like yes or no. It has to, it solves like probabilistic problems. So when it's like, there's so many different outcomes that it could possibly be, like those are the kinds of problems that the computer will specialize. Mm. And then it's able to solve those problems really fast. That's super cool. That's super cool. I'm excited to, to tap in, see see how that, that all progresses over the next few years, see how we all use it. Well, thanks so much. I really, it's been great talking to you. Um, do you want to intro our next guest? 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> so the next guest is going to be a mono world piece. It's someone I met this last summer, and I was honestly in awe of their brand. And I definitely want to share with you guys what he does and how he's honestly such a dope yeah. yeah. Wow, that was a that was a super dope uh, introduction. You <laughs> appreciate you. What's up, Max? How you living? How you doing? How you doing? It's, it's good to meet you. What's your name? Uh, shit. Should, should I do like all of my AKAs? So yeah, everybody yeah. just you know calls me Cam, AKA Baguette Johnson, AKA Flossy the Bro Man, AKA Big Snow, AKA the Dolo Guy, AKA uh. Cook up Cam, aka uh, Breadman, aka Amana World, aka uh, your baby mama's favorite uh, brand runner. Facts. Already. <laughs> you wanna you wanna angle it up a little bit so I can get that. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so, so you got it. You got like Gucci. You do a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, man. I try to I try to stay you know very creative and uh, you know just do everything. Uh, do everything do everything that needs to be done you feel me that's it that's it so where you from so where you from uh i'm from uh a town right outside of chicago called bolenbrook illinois shout out to the dirty 630 uh so yeah it's chicago chicago stuff i'm in joliet illinois right now uh too okay. so okay. that's 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 very that's a very important uh important place that hopefully we can we could get into yeah, so tell me a little better. Where, where did all this start? So uh, the reason why I mentioned Joliet, Illinois, I'm actually like right in front of their uh, old uh, old limestone prison. This is like a landmark that uh, it was in a couple of movies. It was in the movie The Blues Brothers. It was in the, uh, the series um, Prison Break. So okay. it's like okay. super, you know, super famous. But Joliet is the uh, is the town where both of my parents were born, and ironically, it's also the place where the the card game Uno was created. So that ties in to the newest lifestyle product from Amana World Peace, which is the Dolo card game, which is a reimagination of the Uno card game made for our people, by our people, with our rules. Because the way that, that Uno is played, they don't play it the way that we play it in our communities, right? So we rewrote the uh, the rule book, redesigned the cards, made it look way more flossy, way more fresh, you know what I mean? Vintage vibes. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's a card game that brings together the community, you know, everywhere, so. That's why, that's, that's why we had to do it. That's just fine. Let's get, in, let's get into the soul. How did that come to be? Where, where did you, when did you come up with the idea to kind of rework YouTube or rework Uno? Like what, where did that come from? So uh, it, it honestly came from, uh, came from competition. It came from uh, being kind of petty. Uh, so the, the story, the story goes, um, we were going to a couple of uh, different like Web three uh, conferences across the across the nation, and we would uh, you know be interacting with different people doing different uh, Web three NFT projects and everything. And you know sometimes there would be some playful banter, and 
Uh, one one day, uh, the homie Kalu, uh, she's an artist from uh from Louisville, Kentucky. She was talking mad. Can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. She was talking mad shit about Uno, saying that she was gonna be like the the dopest Uno player, and nobody could nobody could beat her. So I was like, all right, bet. Next time we see you in person, bring the Uno deck, and we gonna we gonna get it cracking. Let's let's you know put your money where your mouth is. Then we pull up to the tech conference in LA. I see Kaylu. What's up, Kaylu? What's up? All love. And she don't have a a pack of Uno cards, so we couldn't play the game. The shit talking kept on kept on happening. So then. We went back. I, I went back to the lab. Started, you know, uh, talking with uh, with uh, one of the lead designers that uh, really spearheaded the Dolo project. Cheech, big shouts out to Cheech. Uh, and we, you know, just started talking about like what we could, uh, like if we could like recreate the uh, the the Uno card game. So we started, you know, working on different designs. We were kind of uh, having having trouble with the name because we didn't want to use the name uh, Uno. So uh, my homegirl River actually helped me come up with the uh, with the name. So we were just like, yo, what else means like only one, uh, you know, when you have one card left, like what what else means only one? And she was like, solo, solo, dolo. And we were like, yo, dolo, dolo. that's the key, yeah. right? So uh, we started, you know, designing it, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I, I had to be extra petty. So I made a draw six card uh, that says <laughs> Kalu's name on it. So that I could just, you know, whip that joint out anytime and just be like, boom, draw six. Make sure that you right next to me. You feel me? So you can you can draw all of these six cards. Um, and then we didn't find out like the origins of uh, of Uno and how they were like so connected to like the roots of my family until like maybe uh maybe like a week before we were finishing the the final like design of the box so we were okay. looking through like, old archived uh like vintage boxes of uh of uno card decks and i looked in the corner of one and it said like manufactured in joliet illinois 1970 something and i was like damn like that's literally like where my whole family is from so it was like yo this is it was all it felt like you know some divine timing for us to you know really you know make this game and bring it to life so, okay yeah that's how that's how it started <laughs> so tell me tell me like just real quick what are the main differences between dolo and uno okay so one of the main differences is the uh the number of cards so a standard uno card deck has 110 cards a dolo card deck has 106 cards in it because there's no zero cards so in Uno, there's zero through uh, through nine of the number cards. In Dolo, it's one through nine because everybody's worth something. Nobody's a zero. So you know that's part of like the the fabric, the um, like the the source of like a mono world piece. It's like yo, like everybody's worth something. Everybody can be peaceful, and we can you know change the world if we're like doing this shit together. So. Uh, that's like one of the main uh, differences. Another main difference is you can like stack the draw cards on top of each other. Okay. So if somebody hits you with that draw six, you can put a draw two. Then the next person got to draw eight. But if that person got to draw four, then boom, it's a draw twelve on the next person. So, uh, yeah, that that's another difference. And it's just like it's way more fun, way more treacherous, 
and uh, arguably it's got like way better design than Uno, but you know that's that's just, that's just me being you know being a little bit biased. <laughs> no, this is this is fire though. This is fire for real. So tell me this: what is your brand? You t you brought you mentioned the whole mono world piece. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about like where where that came from and like what that is, how you translated that into clothes and even even Dola. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a mono world piece, uh, we. We created it to be like a a lifestyle brand and a brand that can like, you know, bring community together. So we got our start with making um, like airbrush tees. The first T-shirt that we ever made was the uh, was the Get Tatooine 9 T-shirt. That's like a uh, it pays homage to like those old school like flea market T-shirts that, you know, you grab from the flea market. It might have like Tony the Tiger shooting dice with a pimp cane in his hand, you know, oh, yeah. just like some, some super like, you know, ratchet cartoon shit, right? So uh, my homie uh, Shane, like we were we were smoking one day and we came up with like the idea to like flip like rat tatouille and make it gat tatouille, have him cook and crack with the freaking gun in his hand, like super ratchet shit, some stuff that like, a kid would not be able to wear like at school like you're going straight to the principal's office if you're wearing this right so after uh we like came up with the concept i hooked up with my uh with my boy kiko who's like the best airbrush artist in the world but like definitely the best airbrush artist on the south side of chicago so i just you know told him the idea he made that joint and i gave it uh i gave it to shane then shane starts wearing it everybody's asking them like yo where did you find this like where did you get this shirt like yo can i buy that off you they're like no you can't buy this uh it's you know i got the only one but then they came to me and they were like yo like you know can we make some more of these and then you know we could you know sell it to you know everybody that's asking for them so we ended up you know printing them up selling them shipping them out and then you know after that uh you know after that first initial investment I just like went back into the lab and started uh, making uh, like airbrush shirts that were inspired by like uh, funk and like other like black leaders that were like super um, just like unique and like the 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 like black figures that were just like unapologetically themselves. So like Allen Iverson, Bootsy Collins. Uh, Betty Davis is the uh, is a woman that you see in uh, in the Mono World Peace uh, profile picture and stuff. So and Carrie James Marshall, who's like a great uh, contemporary artist, painter, and everything. So uh, we started making shirts like that because I was working at the mall and I kept on like you know having conversations with like people that were wearing like these Nirvana, Megadeth, Sublime T-shirts and everything. I'm like, yo, like you like that music? They're like, no, I just like the design. So I was like, yo, like, what if we just make cool design shirts that, like, can spark up a conversation about, like, a Black artist and, like, bring more notoriety to a to an overlooked Black artist rather than, you know, just, like, these, these rock bands that, you know, they might make some great music, but, like, you know, we trying to put on for our culture, make sure that our culture is, you know, seen in a, you know, luxurious, positive light. So most definitely. Yeah. Most that's, definitely. I that's think that's what mm -hmm. that's what that's what business is all about. You know what I mean? Taking a message, taking even for me, like I started my own brand back in high school. 
and it was all mm-hmm. about like one of our shirts said culture with like the DMV flag on it, and like I'm from uh-huh. I'm from the DMV, so we had DC. Oh, okay, Maryland, from, hey, hey, shout out to PG County. Shout yes, out sir. Every everybody in in the DC Maryland Virginia area, man. I got I got I got family out there too. So uh, yeah, yeah shout uh, out yeah. to my mom, shout my out to the mom DMV. PG. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like you're you're just an entrepreneur in general, though. You know, what I mean, it seems like you do a lot of a lot of different things. Where did that, where did that come from? Uh, so honestly, like it 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 came from my mom. So like growing up, you know, single parent household, and like my mom was a was an entrepreneur. She had like her own business as being like a early childhood development, uh, like almost like a like a nanny, but like also like a housekeeper at the same time. And she had like a book of clients. And, you know, she would, you know, go to, you know, all of these people's houses, you know, do all of these, like, I don't want to call them chores, because that, that kind of, like, diminishes, like, what she was doing. But, like, she was, like, you know, almost, like, raising these other people's families and, like, you know, being, like, the, the backbone to, you know, to their families and, uh, you know, controlling all of the, like, you know, household uh, uh, responsibilities and everything, yeah. right? Yeah. So she was doing that and like with with her doing that that like you know also like allowed me to like see like another like side of like uh of like wealth and everything so i was like you know able to like you know go to work with her sometimes and see like you know these freaking mansions crazy you know collections of cars clothes all of that stuff right but then like it also was like showing me like yo like you can you know be your own boss you can like you know uh, scale your own business and, you know, do this for yourself. So from like seeing my mom and like working like next to my mom, like while she was doing that, when I went to college, I knew that like the only like major that I ever like even wanted to to deal with was, was entrepreneurship. So yes, went to DePaul university, Chicago, Illinois, graduated with a uh, degree in management concentration in entrepreneurship i mean i i heard you mention that you're you're studying that's exactly what i'm doing yeah yeah so that's yeah that's, that, that's where it came from and yeah went to went and you know made sure i did the training for it too okay okay yeah. i got two more questions so i mentioned i earlier you mentioned you were in different web3 conferences i'm a big mm-hmm. you know web3 proponent that's where i want to take our fashion platform going into oh, the future yeah. But uh, tell me, like, what what do you what got you into Web three? What do you what do you think about kind of the creator economy? You as an artist, um, and you making different yeah. businesses. How how the blockchain plays a role in that? Yeah. So uh, Web three is dope, and like NFTs, like being like you know digital collectibles, and really being able to you know uh, have artists get their like true worth for their uh for their art and like you know get paid fairly is like really important i think that like really like changed the game like shifted the paradigm with you know for for a lot of people when the introduction of you know when when web3 you know got introduced right when people started uh you know participating in web3 how i got into web3 was my best friend mike b like he he damn near dragged me to Art Basel last year. I was like I was like, man, I'm not trying to go. Like I don't even know like what I'm gonna do out there and everything. Like I was, you know, I was I was beginning to, you know, be be an artist and everything and I was just like, man, I I don't really know. Right? 
So went to went to Miami Art Basel, met a whole bunch of people in in NFTs, Web three, and everything. And it was just like it was like super eye opening. I was like, yo, this this is super dope. Even like before going to Art Basel, I did uh, three uh, collaboration uh, NFTs with my boy Gordo Eats, okay. where we did our um, our baby angel logo in like three different colorways, and those sold for uh, like 0.1 ETH back when ETH was like $4,800. So that shit like blew my mind too. Like, damn, like off of a JPEG, like you can make, you know, almost 500 bucks. Like that shit was crazy to me. So then, you know, after going to Art Basel, meeting more people that were like really about like the community building and everything, I got more bullish on NFTs, started, you know, doing doing more research, uh, you know, putting more out. And then like even most recently in uh, in June, uh, we did a collaboration with the artist uh, Chandler, uh, uh, the artist uh, Chandler uh, cameo on uh, on Instagram and. We did like a, uh, we styled the fashion. She illustrated it, and we okay. got we got the uh, the NFT minted on the Solana blockchain, and it was uh, displayed at the Dopamine exhibit at uh, at Lollapalooza, the big like music festival. That's in what's Chicago. up. Yeah. So that's what's up. You know. Yeah. So it like Web three's been like you know super you know like eye opening. It's been rewarding and uh, like. We've been able to like learn a lot and like experience a lot through like Web three. So, you know, it's hundred percent, hundred percent. I think uh, yeah. the, the the biggest part, like you said, is is ownership. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the blockchain is going to give us ownership in our own creations, whether that's music, right. art, fashion. So I'm just super excited to see. You know what I mean? What's next? But I guess my last yeah. question, my last question to you would be: you you've been doing this for a little while now. It, it sounds like. What would you, what would you, like, what advice would you give back to, to younger entrepreneurs, uh, younger entrepreneurs out there in Chicago, uh, et cetera? Damn, that's crazy. So it, it doesn't seem like I've been doing it that long, but you just made me feel like a, like a super old nigga. But, but, <laughs> but, uh, what I will say is like always, uh, always like believe in yourself always like trust in your vision uh even when it doesn't seem like it's probable like just trust in your vision make sure you know you you do your research and always like put your best foot forward even when like you know shit looks like it's you know stacked up against you just like keep on going hard you know like just that's just that. keep on going hard like that's, that's yeah that's that's all I can say. And always like, um, I would say it's a lot about like connecting with like the community. Like that's, that's like the biggest and like most rewarding thing that I've seen, like from the Amana World Peace brand is just like when we're, uh, you know, doing any type of like in-person activations, the vibes are always like immaculate. The people that like are attracted to the brand it's like it's really like fulfilling it really like you know fills fills your heart up and like it's it's really inspiring to like keep going so yes, just like you know give back to the people that are that are given to you yeah damn that part. yeah i appreciate yeah. you man appreciate you it's been it's been great to meet you good luck with, with everything you know coming up is there anything you want to shout out before you head up 
Uh, I want to shout out Fitz. I want to shout out Upcomers. I want to shout shout out uh, New York City, you know, as a whole. Want to shout out the Bronx. Want to shout out Harlem. Want to shout out Northside uh, Chicago, Southside Chicago. Shout out to my mama. Shout out to Cheech. Shout out to Shane. Shout out to Mike B. Shout out to Kiko. Shout out to Jesse. Shout out to the other Kiko. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Max, man. All yes, that. sir. Shout out to the Eagles, too. All right, Joe. Hey. <laughs> All right, Joe. It was, it was good to meet you. Appreciate you. All right. Stay up, man. You too. Shout out to the Eagles, too. Yeah, Cole, if you're in here still. But, yeah, that was episode that was episode 11 A Game of Power. It was a great time on Yolissa um, and a mom wrote piece. Super excited to see what they keep coming out with their brand. Upcoming fits, new drop. It's going to come out October 9th. You know what I mean? It's a red October, so hope you guys hope you guys like the collection, and we'll be at it soon. I'll see you all next week.